can hear it from a, here's a seven, seven-year-old. What are people thinking when they say, I love you? Some lovers might get real nervous, so they are glad when they finally get it out so they can go ahead and eat. <laughs> How a person learns to kiss. This is from Brian, age seven. You learn it right on the spot when your gushy feelings get the best of you. <laughs> when is it okay to kiss someone? Pam says, when they're rich. <laughs> If it's your mother, you can kiss her anytime, but if it's a new person, you have to ask permission. <laughs> and Michael says, I look at kissing like this. Kissing is fine if you like it, but it's a free country and no one should be forced to do it. <laughs> How to make love endure. That's a good one. Okay. Back to Dick, age seven. Spend most of your time loving instead of going to work. I'm not sure if that's going to work. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dick. That's... Aaron says, don't forget your wife's name. That will mess things up. <laughs> Dave says, be a good kisser. It might make your wife forget that you never take the trash out. And Natalie says, don't, here's good advice. Don't say you love somebody and then change your mind. Love isn't like picking which movies you watch. Ooh. Wow. So I was over at Northwestern in the library, and I was talking to my friend who's on staff there, was on staff. And I said, so you plan to get married? And he said, I'm way too shy. I said, is there anything I could do to help? He said, well, maybe. I said, is there anybody that you're interested in? He said the name, and my mouth dropped. I said, I know her. I know her better than you know her. She was in my congregation in San Pedro, California. And she's working at Northwestern. And I said, I'd be glad to help out if I could. He said, go ahead. He gave me permission. That next Sunday, I am preaching at Elmwood Evangelical. She happens to be a member there. I did not know that. She walks through the line. I said, I need a minute with you afterwards. I stepped over to her and I said, there's somebody, she's not been married, there's somebody that is interested in you at Northwestern. And his name is If he showed interest in you, would that be positive? And she says, you can tell Mr. Boop that I would be interested and would respond. Less than a year, less than a year later, they were married. They've been married for about 10 years. They're missionaries. And as I asked him how the marriage was, he said, we never 
fight. That's a rare marriage. And God gave them a wonderful marriage. Why am I saying this? Because we can help and you can help. As we were praying about this subject, what I'm speaking about tonight is helping singles prepare for marriage. The reason why I'm speaking on this is that we have worked with hundreds of young adults. And in the hundreds that we've worked with, we've never met one who claimed to have the gift of celibacy. But we've talked, everyone we've talked to is hopeful, regardless of their age, for marriage. And so if that's what we're dealing with, then it should be right that we talk about it, open that subject up, and help one another. Now here's the thing, we'll help you. We, Michael and uh, Martina, are they, are they, there they are. It was good to help them because we could see that God was doing something in their life and, and so we offered some help and they were, they were open. Michael was open to it. And so it helped. Didn't it help, Michael, to, to bring you? Amen. There are a lot of guys that struggle with this and there's a lot of gals that are struggling. Girls are saying, I wish maybe I was a guy so I could be more forward and guys are saying, I wish I was a girl so I wouldn't have to be forward. <laughs> it's difficult on both ends, isn't it? How many find that there are some difficulties involved with single people moving toward marriage? Anybody want to raise their hand? Okay, we got a few of you. Honest people. <laughs> so what I'm suggesting is not only if you have a need to come to one of us, but wouldn't this be wonderful if in this community that those who were saying, I want to be married, rather than continuing to think that thought, would pray for people that you know that want to be married? Wouldn't that be an unselfish way to deal with that issue? We prayed about that for you, that you would start praying for other people that you know and that you would help them. I talked to a, a single lady recently, and she said that she has had people who have said, I'll set you up. I've got some friends I'd like you to meet. They never followed through on it. What if you, whether you're single or married, took it upon yourself not only to pray for friends, but if there are people that you knew that they might be interested in, that you would help them. Anybody need help in this? Anybody use some help? I'm thankful that somebody came to me and and move me from my station, from my concentration, so that I went after that lady sitting over there. I'm gonna, and I'm going to have her come and share a little bit later. I want to, can you hand me my, uh, my computer? I want to share with you uh, a word. I pray that the Lord would give me a prophetic word as we begin tonight. And... I felt he did that, and also we prayed that the Lord would release a spirit of prophecy tonight in our midst. And so the way that I'm going to deal with this, is I'll give a chunk of the teaching, I'm going to read it or give it to you, and then I'm going to stop and we're going to have a time of prayer over that matter. 
And when we have that time of prayer, God may lead you to speak out a word of prayer, speak it out good and strong, or to give a prophetic word. Amanda just shared with me that she had a word for tonight, and I said, well, you'd be ready to give it. So, Father, we believe you to be in our midst. Lord, this is a sensitive subject. It's difficult for people. A lot of broken relationships, a lot of sadness related to this, a lot of need for healing, a lot of need for, for uh, releasing of fear and coming into confidence, a lot of need to uh, have healing from sense of rejection or from the possibility of rejection. And so we release openness, we release love, and we release confidence in you tonight that this will be a night that will, will really set people free into a new place. Here's my prophetic word. God wants to make it easier for you. He is making grace available to you as you step out in confidence, trusting in him to lead. He is for you. And he will make your path clear. He heals you of broken relationships of your past. Even as we speak, God, do it as we speak so that they will not hinder you as you move forward. In fact, God uses them in your favor because he redeems our past, all of it. Nothing is wasted, not even our mistakes or our sins. He is about to show some of you who your life partner is. He delights in doing this. He made fishing easy for Peter when he listened to his word. And he will make finding a mate easy for you as you listen to his word. He wants you to trust him and step out. Faith says something and it does something. Faith brings movement. Okay. Yes, indeed. So I want to I want to give you two truths to embrace. Then I want to speak to the guys, message to the guys and a message to the gals. The first truth, God is not mad at you. Why do I say that? Because some people feel that because something's not working out the way they did or they broke up with somebody or because they've waited so long that maybe they've done something to, to uh, make God mood, moody and God's in a bad mood and he, he's, he's waiting for you to, to get it together. Listen, he is not punishing you for something you did as a teenager. He's not waiting for you to get it together. He acts. He has a plan for you and it's not related to the way that you mess things up. We sometimes turn God into a monster, and we think he must be trying to teach us a lesson, but for heaven's sakes, we can't find out what that lesson is. If he has not made it obvious, don't worry about it. Picture God as a loving father who is patient and kind and who only gives good gifts. That is how God treats you. I'm going to stop and pray now. Because I suspect that some of you may have felt that God might be angry with you. Any, anybody felt that lately in this, in this relay? Okay, there are a few of you. Easy to get that feeling. Something doesn't go the way you expected to. You expected the raise and you got laid off. You expected to pass the test and you flunked it. You expected the child to live and the child died. We have expectations and we can be disappointed in those misplaced expectations and actually Go after God and accuse him. So I'm going to pray, and then if anyone has a prayer, you feel free. 
or a prophetic word, you feel free to share it. I bless anyone here who through disappointment had their lenses fogged up and now are not seeing God clearly for who he is. A father who loves with great passion, with great patience, with great tenderness and gentleness. We pray that that would be instilled in the hearts of those who gave up that kind of God for a God who is impatient and is wondering why we can't get it together and figure this whole thing out. He doesn't do that. And I bless you with embracing the Father of Jesus Christ. And believe that he has made you whiter than snow. Thank you, Father, that you have reminded us, even this winter, of course, that visual, (laughs) the visual of whiter than snow. Father, our own hearts, our own hearts would condemn us. But we say no to that. We say thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that is by your blood, the cleansing of your blood. You make us whiter than snow and give us a new start, a new beginning, a new life, new hope. And we say no to when, yes, our hearts can, uh, as as your word says, uh, yeah, our own hearts will condemn us. But if we do not have uh, uh, that hope, then our hearts can become sick, but we have that hope in you and that anchor that holds us firm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, honey. Stay in an attitude of prayer. If there's anyone who has a prayer or prophetic word, speak it out. Um, The word that I want to share with you is coming from... um, Psalm chapter 9 verse 10 and it says those who know your name will trust in you and um, I just feel like the word of the Lord that he wants to emphasize in that is that in this truth that Paul gave that God is um, not angry with you and that he's good um, that you can trust him but that takes getting to know him um, to build that trust so spend all of your energy and your time pouring into getting to know who the Father is um, so that you can build that trusting relationship with him and stop fixating all of your time and energy into um, trying to answer maybe unanswerable questions right now. But stick in the place where God says this is who I am and um, he gave us those answers for a reason. So stay there. Excellent. First thing, God is not mad at you. Second thing, delays are not denials. Waiting in the Bible is purposeful. While you wait, God is working. He is doing something wonderful in you, though it causes pain. Think David 
At 17, he's about to be anointed king. It happens. You get a word from Samuel, you know it's going to be fulfilled. It only took 13 years. Waiting and lots of pain. He cried out, how long? Feeling forgotten. Let me just read a few of those verses from Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? Some of you have felt this way, right? Will you forget me forever? Ever feel like you're, you, God's forgetting you? Yoo-hoo! You blessed people. How long will you hide your face from me? Shame. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? He feels like a loser. Some of you felt like you're losers. Listen to how it goes on. Look, look on me and answer me, O Lord. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. I don't know what happened. He, he poured out his heart to the Lord and listened to these last two verses. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. Go ahead and pour out your heart to God. How long? God God can handle that. And as you do, perhaps he'll catch your heart up and give you confidence, just like you prayed, Jim, that he will do what he said he will do. The affliction you are going through is developing character which can only make you a better mate. Ask God, anything else I can do while I wait? Affirm to him, I know you are not taunting me. Try not to give up hope. Sometimes God's timetable defies understanding. It was that way for highly blessed women in the scriptures like Sarah, Rachel, Hannah, and Elizabeth. But God was fulfilling a wonderful plan in their lives. It is more about him than about you. So don't try to figure out why he's doing something bad to you. He's not. He's doing something good in you. Because he's going to do something good for you. Upgrade your confidence in God's sovereignty. And his ability to make good on his promises. I look out at Tyler and Gina, and they're just smiling at this because they were both waiting, and that it appears that God is doing something good in their lives together. And we rejoice. Listen, we rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, it's, it's, we want a fellowship where we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. We don't want to rejoice with those who weep and weep with those who rejoice. So I know you might be thinking, I wish it would happen to me. Instead of just thinking that way, say, I'm glad it happened to them. I pray that it will happen to others. And as you pray for others, expect God and his perfect time, his good time, to do it in you. So I'm going to stop now and pray for any who, who need hope, who maybe have abandoned hope, who, who need to dream again and, and believe that God hears your heart, hears your dream. Heavenly Father, settle, settle in on any now whose hearts are anxious. 
We pray healing for hearts that were broken by a relationship that went south. And it makes them wonder if it's going to happen again. And it's hard for them not to believe the, la- the, the worst rather than to believe the best. But because you're a good father who only gives good gifts, we dare to believe that you have that good gift for our best friend and for us. Right where you are, if you have a prayer, or if God stirs a word in your heart, you be bold. Go for it. Right where you are, speak it out good and loud. Louder. We don't want everybody to do that because then people will, will not go give words. Louder. So my word is from Matthew 6 and also from the psychology spiritual life testimony. Um, Matthew 6 is where it talks about not worrying about the things that we do. Now he doesn't talk about marriage in that passage, but he says not worry about curses in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And in my own life, uh, you know, I'm married now. June uh, 11th will be three years to my lovely wife, Brittany. But before that, I went through some serious crap um, in terms of relationships and being disappointed. And one of those was that when I was a sophomore in high school, I started dating a girl from a wonderful Christian family. And for those of you who know me a little bit, no, I did not come from that hardly at all. And we were dating for like three years. She was a year younger than me. And I go off to college, upstate New York, and she was still a senior in high school, and she was going to be going to a Christian college, Messiah College in Pennsylvania. And I was going to transfer to Messiah from Albany to date her. And a week before finals that year, when I was a freshman in college, she was still a senior in high school, she broke up with me. And this was a girl I was head over heels in love with. I didn't sleep for six days. Not bad sleep, no sleep for six days, thoughts of suicide, crazy stuff. Wound up actually dating, long story short, another girl after that, non-Christian, unequally yoked, bad idea, made a lot of mistakes. And then for like two years or so, I said, okay, God, I'm going to first seek your kingdom. I'm not going to worry about trying to find a girl in particular. And I worked on me because I had a lot of junk. I still do, but a lot of junk that I had to work on. And as a result of that, and I won't go into that story now, I met my lovely wife, Brittany. And so the, the message from that, all of that is, is that if any of you have went through a, a relationship that, I mean, I thought I was going to marry this, this previous girl, and it didn't work out for that. It worked out way, way better because James 1.17 says that every good and perfect gift is from above. Okay, and so just that waiting, that delay, that first seeking his kingdom and not worrying, especially if you went through some crazy crap in previous relationships, it will work out for you. So anyway, I so that was long. Let's, let's clap. So when we were um, praying originally, um, after worship or whatever, like um, I felt like God was saying that people have been serving him for a really long time, and they're starting to feel really burnt out. And this isn't necessarily specifically relationship-wise. It's just like you've really been trying to seek God, but um, I've, I really believe that God wants to heal you of that and, and like just restore you so that you want to pursue him on a deeper level more. Right. Okay, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Father, we just ask that, um, that you take us up the mountain and that you, um, 
that you encourage us to come into your presence more and more every day. And we, Father, we just ask that you break off the yokes of anything that's um, hindering us from doing so and, and that you just open uh, time for us and that you just just supernaturally move um, time for us that we may uh, have doors open that no man can open and uh, doors shut that no man can shut so that we don't have to say yes or no to people but that you just do it for us in Jesus' name. Amen. About yeah. a year ago, August. Huh? August. Last August. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I have a word. I, I'm not totally sure, but I'm just going to speak it out in faith what, what it is. On the way over here, me and my wife were driving. We saw three bald eagles on uh, um, Snelling. And I think that the Lord speaks to us through his creation. So I was wondering what the Lord was wanting to say through that. So I have a cu- couple words with that I feel like the Lord wants to say. Um, this is kind of, uh, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> I don't have a specific word for someone specific, but it's for Good. this group here Good. tonight. Go and so, um, honestly, I, I believe there's, there's a couple of different things. One, I think there's three specific actual, I, there's probably more, so don't, don't feel, I know there's a lot of people here, but I think there's three actual even relationships that are divine from the Lord of people that don't are not in a relationship right now that are actually in this place. I know this kind of I I don't That's normally okay. give words okay. about that. Kind of, okay, heart. so I think there's three um three relationships. Sorry, three relationships that uh, um are God divine that are uh, um people that are in this group here that are currently not they're not seeing each other they're not courting or dating and they're not even together as a couple. There's three divine relationships of. Good of uh, people that are here. And that doesn't mean that uh, I, I'm going to qualify it this way because sometimes people get discouraged by prophetic words. I don't want to discourage anybody. That doesn't mean that uh, uh, if you've, you know, I, I, I just basically feel the spirit is saying that, that people are here that don't even know each other in that yeah. way, that are divine, that, that uh, God has a call for marriage for three specific Good. couples of people here. Amen. So that's uh, the first thing. The other thing is uh, um, with that word, um, I believe there's three actual gifts here that they don't know. They, they haven't developed into their gift. There are three people that are either seers or prophets that are actually in the midst here that are not developed in their gift. They actually have a call of office of a prophet, office of a seer. Three people I don't think you're actually developed. You may not even flow in the prophetic right now. And then the other word I wanted to give, I feel like, the word is uh, a three chord is not easily broken. Everyone's heard that verse or whatever. So I, I believe that the uh, Lord is, uh, wants to encourage and edify uh, everyone here in the area of seeking relationship out. If you feel you're called, it's a time of a season that you're called into marriage um, or to seek that out. Um, I, I just have an, uh, a word of edification uh, to seek the Lord's voice on that along the process of getting to know other people. And because uh, once you and the other person decides that y- you believe you're right for each other and you've made that choice or whatever, and the Lord decides that, that cannot be easily broken. So I just feel like the Lord want to edify that. And the last word is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit uh, uh, want to just... Uh, um, the, the, I just, it's, this is a corporate word for just his body of the, uh, uh, um, the, the prophetic 
coming at a, a, a total different, like growing in the prophetic from the Father, hearing the Father's voice, hearing the Son, and hearing the Holy Spirit. It's just the triune prophetic. Because the eagle, if you don't know, is a p- picture of the prophetic. So the Lord wants to establish a line in this group here at Communitas of hearing from the uh, Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father as the prophet in a corporate way, individually. So That's really true. That is, that is true what he said. Way to go. Way to go for it. He, he gave prophetic words through one person last Tuesday, through one person on Sunday. And as we prayed, we said it's going to come tonight, but not through one person, through many. Would you feel comfortable sharing something? Come here. I won't call on you. I just wanted to, I want to call on them. Before you met her, are you okay with me asking you a couple questions? What can they say, huh? <laughs> Don't be afraid. I just felt like when I saw them over there that the Lord was encouraging me to do this, and I, I think he's okay. Did, uh, did it go smoothly for you before you met her, or was it, was it, were there some real trials and hardships? Uh, trials and hardships. The three previous dating relationships, and I'd kind of blown each one, and so I was always worried that whenever I got into a new one that I would uh, just repeat the same things, and it would never work. I knew that, and I'm glad he said it, because some of you have felt, well, I've blown it three times. I'm a loser. See, the next one, whoa. Whoa. Who who knew first? Do you you have an idea? You knew first? (laughs) (laughs) And how did you know? Um, Hold that a little bit away. Um, (laughs) Well, at the barn dance, actually, we we danced together some of the country dances, and at the end we danced some swing dancing, and then we talked for a while. And we had talked a few times throughout the night, but when we were talking and we were talking about school and, like, work stuff, and um, I... I knew at that point that I was older than him. I'm almost four years older than Michael. And so I all of a sudden had this thought come into my brain that you might be looking at your husband right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you might think I'm too old for him. So I said something really awkward to him, (laughs) which gave the indication that I wasn't too old for him. It (laughs) was. And he definitely took it that way but didn't want to believe it. And then later I told him, I'm like, God revealed that to me that night, and I didn't let myself believe that I was going to marry him until like three months after that, which was still two months before I dated him. So, <laughs> so yeah, I totally knew before you knew. Would one of you pray for us, pray for your friends here, that God would lead them, just like with that prophetic word, that he would bring the couples together that are meant to be together? Do it? Yeah. Okay. Can you pray some? I'll pray some. Okay. I'm going to take this off. Okay. Father, we thank you that you are good, that you are a father, that you love us, that uh, you have good plans for us. I ask that you would uh, begin to heal the uh, any self-loathing, any fear, any uh, 
uh, anything from the past that just says that there's no chance, no hope um, for anybody here. I thank you for the gift of marriage, uh, for what it says about you, and for the uh, blessing and the support that it is for us. I ask that you would give people peace and calmness, help them not to worry uh, as they're in uh, singleness or as they're dating. Father, I pray for patience. Um, Lord, you know you know how to give us patience even over the course of nine years or 14 years <coughs> or however long that we've all waited. I pray that you just increase that patience and increase that faith and help those who know in their heart that they want to get married that you are going to provide that because that is a heart's desire and that you will bless them with that someday and just help them to um, trust that. In Jesus' name, amen. Take, take courage. Take courage, guys. I think I told this story a couple of weeks ago. That those of you who weren't here, he needed courage. He lacked it, and we were able to help and get that thing moving ahead. Okay, some words to guys. I'm going to go quickly through these. How are we doing on time? Okay, I'm going to go quickly uh, through these. Get ready financially. Get a good job. Get out of debt. Learn generosity. Build testimonies of God's provision as you act in faith. I wish I'd done more of that. I did a little of it. wish I'd done more. Mike Bickle is a wonderful example of that. You're called to lead in marriage. And gals appreciate guys who have some clear direction in their lives. Number two, get ready morally. There are things that kill commitment. Lust kills commitment. It takes the confidence out of you, and it brings passivity rather than forward motion. Do all you can to win this war. Get help. Walk in accountability. And when I say accountability, I'm not saying someone to police you. It's just the opposite. Someone that can lift the shame when you step over the line. That shame needs to be lifted. Otherwise, you bury yourself into it, and then you go deeper. But when the shame is lifted, you realize, I'm not dirty. I'm holy. I'm called to holiness, and that's who I am. That's my very nature, to walk in holiness in God. Third, get ready physically. Give your wife the gift of a strong and healthy body. Call it temple maintenance. It's spiritual to get physical. Fourth, be bold. This is an important one, guys. When kids are learning to walk, infants are learning to walk, and they take a step and they fall down, what do we do? Oh, no. We applaud. We applaud. He had three, three failures and a huge success. Whoa. Let's, yeah, let's clap for him. See, he had the, he had the failures. That could have shut him down. But he kept going, and he won a Martina. He that get, finds a wife and obtains favor from the Lord. Way to be on target there, Levi. If he finds a wife, that means he's looking, right? 
It's okay to look. <laughs> look to mature mentors, brothers and sisters, to help you. Rejection does not feel good, but it may happen on the way to fulfillment. You're going after something worth it. Avoid the paralysis that comes from fear. Listen to me, guys. It's easy out of fear to be paralyzed. I want to help you. Karen wants to help you. We, you have friends that want to help you. We understand that it's hard. My friend over at Northwestern, he could not do it. And how sovereign of God to plan it to the point where I saw this person the next Sunday. See, God was for him. And God is for you and is ready to put the situations together that bring a miracle. In fact, I believe that your prophetic word is releasing miracles. We pray that there would be miracles in this room tonight. Let's just stop and believe him. Miracles in relationships. Miracles of connections. Miracles of God's sovereignty. Miracles where he may give you a dream that will speak to it. Miracles that he may direct you to meet with this person and know in your heart that God is doing something. Fifth, don't rely on a word from the Lord. The reason I say that is I've seen many who have been disappointed who relied on well-meaning prophecies or personal words. Do you understand what I'm saying here? People that figured, okay, it's it. And one reason why this can be effective, be ineffective, is that our fear is sometimes factored into our ability to listen. And we may be wishing something and it, and it feels like a prophetic word, or somebody, well-meaning, gives us words, and it, we may hang on them, and we've had people in our midst who have hung on those prophetic words, and then they, their hopes were dashed. Now, do we listen to the Lord? Yes. Do we receive prophetic words? Absolutely. I'm thankful for a mentor that caught me up short, when I was a 30-year-old pastor enjoying my work and uh, living what I felt was a good life, a contented life, and he caught me up short, and he, and then followed by three other people, said, Paul, it's time to get married. And that was in December uh, of 1974, and in August... I was married in 1975. We had our first date in April, April 18th. We were engaged in June, and we were married in August. So go ahead and clap, Naomi. Don't say that God has not spoken to you yet about marriage. He made it clear in the word, and that's, that's enough to go for it. So I... I, I went for it. Want to say something? Okay. I love the way the Lord uh, works through nature, too. As I was walking out uh, around tonight, I was reminded of a conversation that Andrew Homestead and I had today, and he said, oh, for a second, I... I was looking out, and there's the white snow. 
Right. As we talked about before. And that's how I felt when I first moved here. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. You're reminding me of the beautiful snow and the spring. We have white, you know, snow coming down uh, in in uh, beautiful flowers. In April. In April. <laughs> in April. People didn't like And, uh, you know, it, it reminds me of the surprises the Lord has for us and how he delights in, in his nature, delights in his children to give us just joys. He loves us. Yes, I'm, I'm coming to you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, he gave me Paul. It was wonderful. Um, You know, I grew up in Japan where um, the culture, Japanese culture, is kind of like the Jewish culture. And so, you know, it wasn't a surprise or I didn't think, what? People are encouraging Paul to marry me? Because actually, I also had the word first. So it was more like, okay, okay. I was very thankful for that word. Paul and I enjoyed singing together, and I got to know his his uh, sister because we were roommates. And so then, of course, I got to know Paul and his family, so we were friends first. And, and oh, Naomi wants to uh, have me tell you that he did three marathons. <laughs> and is this Mike okay? I don't know. I think I'm okay, but I don't know about the mic. <laughs> um, I'm coming to that part, too. Where was I? Uh, about the uh, waiting. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, his sister was my roommate, and so I, I heard a lot about his family, and Paul and I enjoyed singing together. There I was. And so Paul would often... Um, well, you've told this story before. We were He was the director of the little choir we had and worship group, and he liked my voice and always would say, and now we will have a solo, but he didn't tell anybody who the soloist was, including myself. But he would just, you know, span the crowd, and when it was time to sing the solo, he would just... <laughs> and, and so um, one time I thought enough of this. He's just thinking I'm just going to always just sing like that, even though I enjoyed that. So I thought I'd just try a little trick, and I just kept looking down the whole time, (laughs) just to make him a little bit nervous, and to see he was really going to, you know, next time, ask me. And uh, so I, I did look up just at the last second, and he was (laughs) <laughs> like, come on. Uh, so that was a little fun story. Um, <clears throat> growing up in a missionary family, my parents loved each other. They showed us that they really cared. And, and many of you know my folks when they've been here at 90 and, and 89, and they still love each other. Now, you know, Looking at them, you'd think they're, they're always used to sit right here, you know, all cuddly and everything. And, and you walk past them, and you'd think, oh, they've got to be just the perfect couple. 
And one thing that we learned from them is they learned how to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And, you know, that's one thing you can learn early on, even now in relationships. Because I did learn how to make that foundation of saying, I'm sorry to my parents and also to... (laughs) You're not in (laughs) picture yet. (laughs) I learned how to do that, yes. But the foundation of putting the Lord first and loving him with all your heart, soul, and mind and learning how to train your mind to think his thoughts and saying, Lord, okay, you're number one no matter what. That is, has already been brought out tonight, and I would just say amen to that. I learned how to do that, and you know what, what's helpful about that is then when you get married, you're still doing that. You're saying, Lord, you're number one, and then we're second, aren't we? But, uh, and then our you children live, are, are live, third. You live well as a single person. You live well as a single girl. She was healthy, and she wanted to be holy, and she did that well. And that's attractive, you know. That's right. It's Thank attractive. You. Thank you. And the last thing I wanted to say, not only someday we'll tell you, tell the whole story about the marathon. Naomi wanted to uh, have me tell. That takes uh, probably the rest of the time, so I won't do that. I'll, I'll just say that it was pretty exciting because he went running to the uh, end of the marathon, but at the beginning he tried to ask me for, ask, oh, you asked my dad for. During the race. During the race, that's how it was. She just said it. Okay. There it was. Um, I wanted to pray over you also. And I was going to um, sing over you, and I love doing that, but tonight you'll have to hear the Lord singing over you because I have kind of lost my voice. (laughs) But I could start to try it. And Paul, by the way, if my voice uh, doesn't come through, you will have to start singing. I can can finish it. We will sing together, harmonize. Good. Go for it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. gentle you are when you heal us, O Lord. Touch our spirits. Touch deeply in our spirits, O Lord. And bring your healing love, your healing grace. Amen. You hear him over and over again all the days of your life. As you go to sleep at night, as you wake up in the morning, as you walk by the way. Thank you, Clap for Karen. Some words for gals, and then we're done. First word is you are beautiful. 
When I spoke to a group of young adults at a camp last year, I showed them the clip of Lion King, and then I said that Simba believed a lie, and he could not walk into his destiny. He had to confront that lie so that he could walk back, deal with Scar, and become the Lion King that he was called to be. And if those who say they're not beautiful, something has happened to destroy that. I was at this camp, and I, I was talking with them, and I asked the girl in front of me. I said, we're just sharing. We're friends. I, I said, I want you all to, to share any lie that you have believed. And the, she said, I don't think I'm pretty enough to get married. As she said that, she broke down and started to cry. So we, we affirmed her. and We said, you're beautiful. Here's how I, I take this. Here's the truth. No woman is beautiful to everyone, but every woman is beautiful to someone. God made you and he made you well. Second, bitterness is not beautiful. Neither is a victim spirit or a woman with a feeling of entitlement. Character is a beautiful quality and beautiful ingredient in a successful marriage. Be the kind of person as best you can that someone would want to be married to. Number three, enjoy your single life. Now, I'm not saying that with a club because I know that it's hard for some of you to enjoy, enjoy your life as you have it, but as best you can. Paul says that it offers advantages <coughs> that you cannot have as a married person. I say that testifying, I enjoyed single life. I love being married. I love having a family. There are things I cannot do now that I did as a single person. And so if there are things that you want to do, if there are things that God is giving you freedom to do, like to travel, or for me it was memorizing scripture. I could memorize a lot more scripture as a single person than as a married person. So make the most out of your life now. You'll be glad that you did because marriage changes your priorities as it necessarily will. So I pray now for you. I pray for these single people. I pray that you would enable them, that you would give them grace to live to the fullest, to live to whatever that means for them, that they would heed your call and that they'd enter into those things, that you'd give them adventures, you'd give them opportunities as single people that they would take advantage of and not regret anything. When they get married, they're ready to be married. In Jesus' name. Finally, Girls, don't expect marriage to change him. Think about it. If he's not going to convince you while, you're, while he's showing the best foot, while he's putting the best foot forward, it won't happen when you get married. A lot of disappointed people who just knew that once they got married that he would start to do this or start going to church or start to be the man that he's supposed to be. Don't count on it. Marriage is, and I'm finishing with this paragraph, marriage is God-ordained, but it is not ultimate. There is one thing and one person who is ultimate, and that is Jesus Christ. Don't put your marbles all in the marriage basket. Put them in the Jesus basket. Then you will live successfully as a single person or as a married person. There are countless lonely married people. Do you hear me? It's very lonely to get married and then to find out that you're married 
and it's not a good situation. That creates loneliness. Just as there are lonely singles, your life is found in God. Don't expect your partner to, be, to meet needs that only God can meet. The more you pursue Him, the greater your joy, whatever your station. Let us pray. Just be a real attitude of, of, of uh, faith and trust now. Just an attitude of, of God to really bring some things home. Thank you, Father, for the words that you have spoken in this message, the words that you have spoken through people, the prayers that have been offered. We thank you for hope that is rising in hearts, even as we pray. Hope is rising. Hope is rising in hearts. A confidence. Enough of a confidence, then you can start praying for others. And you don't even have to pray for yourself anymore because you know that that's already answered. It's fulfilled. And so you can begin to pray for the person down the road from you and trust that God's going to move in his heart, move in her heart. Bring healing. Bring a new openness. Thank you. How good you are, Jesus, that you know our needs. Your father said, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. It's your idea, God. And so we see that lived out right in our midst over the next weeks and months and years. We see marriages. We see what a wonderful wedding celebration. You know, it wasn't my intention to speak this message tonight. We had a wedding, the first wedding we've ever had. We had last Saturday. You check it out. It's beautiful down there. Justin Thompson was married here. And Justin Thompson had some, had some, some things that didn't work out quite right just before. And so he's praising the Lord that God met him met his needs, and he, he married a warrior. He married a woman that's going to really be a, a partner for him in what they're called to do. So he's really thankful to God for the way God touched him and blessed him. Didn't, didn't happen the way he thought it was at first. He's not disappointed. You won't be either. God's got his eye on you. He's watching. He's watching you tonight. He's with you right now. He knows the, the thoughts that you go to bed with at night. He hears them. Thinks about you. When you wake up in the morning, he is still thinking about you. David could not get over that. He said, you're still thinking about me. I, I, I can't get away from you. If I go to the farthest sea, there you are. If I make my bed in Sheol, there you are. This is love. I can't imagine such a, a love like this where I'm with you day and night. Your thoughts are with me all the time. How wonderful. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I bless you with a confidence in that kind of father who is a re relentless, passionate lover and pursuer of his people. Looks forward to the wedding that ends it all. It's all about a wedding. It starts with a walk and ends with a wedding. This is a, a passionate God. 
The Lord bless you tonight and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What I want you to do now is this becomes a prayer meeting. We're going to have, in a little bit, Bob will be up with the newbies. It's 9.15. Bob will be up with the newbies in a, in a few minutes. But we want to take a moment right now to turn this into a prayer meeting. Find someone. And a subject like this, it's probably easier for guys to find guys unless the Lord's spoken to you. <laughs> You're going to go for it tonight. <laughs> you know, that's a possibility too. But I want you to pray with somebody. Just momentarily share your heart and then ask somebody to pray with you. Seal it with a prayer. And then we'll have people up in front praying if you want someone up front to pray with you. We had some prophetic words tonight. I think there are going to be some more in the prayer time. Expect the Lord to stir something in your heart as you pray for your friend, to give you something. I believe the Lord. You can start it like that. You don't say, thus saith the Lord. I believe the Lord's saying something to you. And you get a little bit of it, and then you take a step forward, and it'll give you more. Okay, go ahead.